Hello and welcome back to Basic Bible 102. I'm Margie Smith and we are covering today Lesson 12 in the New Testament uh, Life of Christ module of Basic Bible 102. Today's lesson, Lesson 12, is on prayer. And this is a big topic. We could spend an entire year studying this or more longer, probably years, because there's so much about prayer and there's so many different um, spins on it, uh, attitudes. Uh, people pray very differently. Uh, but today we're going to look at the way Jesus prayed and how he's told us to pray. So we're going to begin with Matthew 6, uh, starting in verse 5. And what I really want you to notice about this is Jesus is telling us that prayer is supposed to be personal. It's between you and God and not the rest of the world. So if you get tongue-tied and afraid to pray out loud or whatever, that's okay. You know, God really cares about what you are saying from your heart to Him. Uh, but I know there are many times we pray out loud in a, in a group, and that's great. That gives everyone a chance to agree with us in prayer. All right, so let's look at what Jesus said specifically. Uh, Matthew 6, starting with verse 5. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Okay, does this sound familiar? Remember last week when we talked about money and how the Pharisees would stand on the corner and make everybody see how much money they had dropped into the offering. And, you know, God says, they've already received their reward. Um, and here, Jesus is reminding you that um, if you stand on the corner with lots of words and try and, and flowery phrases, and your idea of prayer is so that everybody will admire you, don't think that God is even going to answer those prayers because he's basically looking you at you saying, you know, who are you praying to? Because it looks like you're praying to the people around you and not to me. Okay, but God really is asking, what do we have on our hearts? You know, just go in secret, go, go and pray in your closet or in your room, and God knows your heart. He is going to see what you're trying to say. In fact, some of the things we would look at if we had more time in this is that the Holy Spirit, when it's within us, it translates our prayers to God. So even when we don't even know what to pray, all we can just say is, God, help and, you know, the Holy Spirit knows, and it takes those prayers to heaven and lays them before Jesus and says, this is the request that's being made known. Okay, let's, let's continue on with this. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. All right, let's just look at this part of the passage. Jesus is saying, the first thing we should do is to acknowledge that God in heaven is, is the utmost, the um, hallowed. He's the, the one to be worshipped. And when you come before him, you're asking for his will to be done. That the, the kingdom of heaven, which we've talked about several weeks, would become um, a reality uh, here on earth. 
And then it says, uh, give us our day, our daily bread. We always have things we're going to ask God for. Uh, sometimes it's our daily bread. Sometimes it's our, um, you know, help with a situation, with a child, with a parent, with a coworker. Uh, all the different things God just says, lay them before me. And then we're to say, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. This is a very important phrase because if we are unforgiving to those around us, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, uh, to those who have wronged us, then God has a hard time forgiving us. And in this case, um, he's saying, forgive us our debts. We're asking God to forgive us in the same way that we have forgiven those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You know, people have asked, well, where does temptation come from? You know, I've been tempted this or that. Um, God is not tempting us. That God's purpose is to deliver us from temptation. And what is being said here is that when we walk along the way and temptation is coming, we're asking God, don't let us go that way. Turn us around. Send someone to stop us. Um, Deliver us from the evil one. Because Satan is always out there trying to ruin you. And he is always going to be throwing out things that will tempt you. So by asking God to help you uh, see the temptation ahead and go a different direction, that is, uh, that's wisdom. All right. And finally, the last part of that passage says, if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. So once again, we're looking at the forgiveness aspect. And that really is a big deal for most of us. Someone sometime in our life has wronged us. Uh, we've, we hold a grudge against them. We are um, not in the right uh, fellowship with them uh, for whatever reason. And sometimes it's your fault and sometimes it isn't. They totally wronged you. But God is, Jesus is reminding us that God will not listen to your prayer and forgive you if you have not in turn forgived, forgiven the person who's wronged you. All right. So some of the things we're seeing already here is that where we should pray should be more of a private thing that we shouldn't have to worry about flowery phrases or things that, you know, having the right words. And I know that's very intimidating for a lot of people, partly because the longer you've been in church or you've been a Christian, the more you've heard other people pray. And there are some people who pray unbelievably. I had a mom, my mom, <laughs> who absolutely could pray the most beautiful prayers and things just came to her mind. Sometimes we pray scripture, you know, we'll pray through a verse, and that verse is usually something we've memorized. Well, someone who has not been a Christian very long doesn't know very much scripture, and they certainly probably don't have it memorized. So for them, that's very impressive. What those of us who've been Christians for a while have to do is remember, hey, we were, we were new Christians at one time, and we didn't know how to pray, and we didn't know scripture. And so... Uh, be careful how you pray when you pray, pray in public. Pray in such a way that others see that you're humble before God. You, you're not asking Him because you've got all the right words. You're asking Him because He's God and He deserves your worship and your praise. And if it comes out of a sincere heart, God's going to hear that prayer. Now, will He answer it? This is the question that uh, torments 
a lot of people because we pray and we feel like I, I didn't get an answer or God said no or, you know, so many other things. And yet we are told that we should pray uh, with, with faith, believing. In your homework, I uh, encouraged you to look at Matthew 21, uh, 21 through 22, about um, what do we have to do for our prayers to be answered. And a lot of it has to do if, if you believe, if you have faith, um, if you are in the will of God and are asking for His will to be done, and not that's not always our motivation behind prayer. Sometimes our prayers are kind of selfish. They're kind of like, Lord, I would really like to get out of this situation, whatever that situation is. And there's nothing wrong with that. You're telling God your heart. Now, how God answers it is a whole different story because He may be purposely putting you through a trial so that you grow in your faith, that you learn that you can trust God, that you develop all kinds of characteristics like perseverance and um, that that your faith is growing uh, like pure gold, just something that um, you trust God no matter what, even in the worst of times. So being able to pray in a way that is selfish, though it starts off with you just saying, God, help me. The other part of it is you have to remember if you want God to answer your prayers, you need to be praying for His will. What does He want to see happen here? And that's one of the best things you can pray is, God, just help me. Help me see what you're doing here and help me join you in that work. Um, one of the other questions that's in your homework is, does God want to give us what we ask for? And I think, yes, of course He does. If you look back at Matthew 7, uh, verse 9, it says, Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have others do to you. Does that sound familiar? Uh, for this sums up the law and the prophets. If you want God to answer your prayers, then be the kind of person that helps spread the kingdom. Uh, that shows love towards others, that is forgiving, that believes that God can do anything. And of course, like we saw there, God's not going to take your prayer and just say, oh no, that's not what I have for you. He's not going to give you a snake if you ask for bread. Uh, he is going to give you uh, blessings untold. He wants to give you blessings untold. That's the good God we know and love. Uh, he's not some evil Santa in the sky just waiting to thwart all of your wonderful plans. What he wants is for you to lay those plans before him in a humble way that says, whatever you want, God, that's what I want. And when you join God like that, he delights in answering your prayers. Okay, uh, is there something you are praying about right now, maybe, that you are waiting for God to answer? And if there is... Check your motivation. You know, take a moment to say, have I forgiven those that have wronged me? Am I praying with whatever God wants will, will be the case? And do I believe that God can really do it? Okay, let's look at another passage, Luke 18, the first eight verses. Here, when Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up, he said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. 
and there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with, with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because of this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice, so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see what they, that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? This is a great um, reminder that we shouldn't give up on our prayers. We shouldn't say, well, God hasn't answered that, and that's the end of that. If, if it's something we believe uh, we, is part of God's purpose, it's part of his kingdom. Let's say you have a, a relative, friend, brother, sister, whoever it might be, and you want them to straighten up their life and come, you know, come to know the Lord, uh, walk in um, faith. And they just seem to be going further and further away from God. Don't give up on praying for them. Keep praying because God eventually will, um, hears your, who hears your prayers and knows what's the, what he wants to see happen, will eventually answer. Now, as we've talked about before, we can't always know what God's doing behind the scenes. So if it looks like he's not answering, there's a very good chance that it's because what needs to happen hasn't happened yet. Sometimes the answers to our prayers are not no, they're just not yet. Okay, look a little bit further down in the passage below this, um, starting with verse 9 to 14. To some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Here we see that, once again, it's our attitude in prayer, which is not, aren't I so good, God? See all this good I've been doing? You know, God knows. He knows our hearts. And if we come to him with a humble spirit and with an attitude that says, I don't deserve for you to answer this, God, but if you will, this is what I'm asking. And I think God hears those prayers so much more because they're said with with an acknowledgement of who God is and how great he is. Here we see the um, Pharisee trying to justify himself. God, you should answer my prayer because I've done this and this and this, and I fasted and I give this money. And it's easy to think, just like we do with salvation, that we can somehow earn God's uh, blessing God's, um, uh, I guess you would say, requirement to answer our prayer, that somehow we can hold God hostage. But we cannot, because God is in heaven and he sees everything. And when we pray, we really do have to have the attitude, thy will be done with, with God. Okay, 
Uh, there's another passage in Matthew 6, verse 1, that says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by God. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. We kind of looked at that already, and we see that he's reminding us, don't try and impress others with your prayers, because it doesn't matter. God already knows what you want and what you need, and he's going to do that. But it is important for us to have faith. And so let's look at another passage. Turn to Matthew 7, and we're going to read the first, uh, well, starting with verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. This is right before the passage about the stone, how God doesn't want to just give you bad things. He wants to give, he wants to answer our prayers. And that's why he's saying, ask me, you know, see if I will not uh, give you all that you ask for. And the thing is, God does give us an awful lot of good things. A lot of the things we ask for. Now, the typical things to ask for usually are things like, I need help in a situation or I need healing, or someone I love needs healing. Uh, we're, we're stricken by the fallen world we live in. And sin, though sin affects us personally, it has also caused all of the universe, all of creation, all of um, nature to groan, to cry out. To, you know, everything dies. And the reason it dies is because of sin. When Adam and Eve sinned, they brought destruction upon everything of this world. It's a broken world now. And because of that, things like disease has creeped into our lives. Things like uh, violence, uh, the fact that we're wronged uh, by people who are evil people. Um, so many different things that was put into place when sin entered this world. And because of that... Sometimes it's hard for us to see that God really does want to heal, restore, uh, bring about blessing. But He does. And because of that, it's important for us to remember to ask. Now, what does our prayers really do? This is a tough question, and it's one that you'll probably hear many sermons about, and you should really wrestle with it yourself. When you pray, is it important that you pray, first of all? I mean, couldn't God just do the things He's going to do anyway? And yet, we're told to pray. And even as we learn more in the rest of the New Testament, we will see examples of prayers and how important it was that prayer preceded whatever was going to happen. A sermon, um, a, a big event, um, a rescue, whatever it was. And so, God, because he asks us to pray, and because um, something about our prayers are taken up to heaven, like I had mentioned through the Holy Spirit's translation, um, they're powerful. In fact, back in the book of James 5, 7, it says, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. So we know that, you know, righteousness, as we talked about last week, is being in right standing with God. And if we're in right standing with God, and if we are praying within His will, and praying with faith that God is going to do what God wants to do, and He is going to inhabit our prayers, He's going to take the um, hope that is within us, and He is going to 
make things happen that maybe wouldn't have happened um, otherwise. So there's power in prayer, and um, it is a matter of asking God that His will would be done. So we can't pray outside of God's will because God's saying, you know, I, I understand where you're coming from, but that's not what I'm doing here. I've got a much bigger plan. And God does. You know, He has all of um, the future and all of the past to, to reference, where we just see a tiny little snippet, the part of the life, our life, that we are living right now. Okay, one other thing, uh, there are lots of resources for prayer, and so I want to encourage you maybe to get some good books, and one of them I would say would be Philip Yancey's book, Prayer Doesn't Make Any Difference. This book will help you to sort out an awful lot of your questions about prayer, but there are many really good studies about prayer. Uh, I think if you talk to some of your uh, fellow Christians, maybe within your uh, small group or whoever you uh, learned from spiritually, pastor, Bible teacher, whoever, and ask them when you have questions about prayer, how should I pray about this? Because they can sometimes see things that we can't see. All of us have blind spots. And when we pray, it's hard for us to pray around those blind spots because they're part of us. And we need other Christians to point that out and say, you know, God may want to do this, this, and this first before he answers that prayer. I don't know. It's it's a different situation for every person. And it's hard to be so vague about this, except we have seen that Jesus thought prayer was important. He gave us an outline for it, and he encouraged us to do it. And the more you pray, the better you will get at it. So we've seen that prayer is personal, sincere honesty before God. It can be public, but it has to have an attitude of humility about it. Preparation for prayer includes forgiving others, seeking God's forgiveness of ourselves, remaining in Jesus by keeping the word of God, and believing that God will answer your prayers. Persistence in prayer, like the widow, means we keep on asking, knocking, seeking God in the situation for which we are praying. And then finally, to get better at prayer, make it a priority in your life. Spend time daily in prayer. Study prayers in scripture and learn what others have to teach about it. I think that the better you get at prayer, the more you begin to understand God's heart. Because the Holy Spirit can nudge us in the way that we should pray. And as we begin to pray and see answers, it gives us confidence to come before God and say, God, I know that this is what you want to have happen. Use my prayers. I agree with you, God. Let this happen. Okay, that's our lesson for today. For next week, we're going to talk about the faithful, those who um, stick with God and do what God asked them to do. And that's part of the follow through with prayer as well. So uh, thank you for sticking with Basic Bible. Thank you for doing your homeworks. And if you need help with anything, remember you can email me, Margie at basicbible101.com or basicbible102.com. Both domains are uh, included, so I can get the email from either one of those email addresses. Uh, And until next week, be blessed. (music) 